don't know about you, but I'm excited about the love of God. Amen? Are you excited about the love of God? That's love. Somebody may walked in here today and didn't feel the love of God or believe that God don't love them, but he loves you. God loves you. God loves you. He loves you. And he demonstrated his love on the cross where he died. I don't know about you, but I'm grateful for the blood of Jesus Christ that set us free. I'm just so thankful about the blood of Jesus Christ that, that redeemed my soul, that I am part of the redeemed. I don't know about you, but I, I guess I'm trying to get you there that the blood of Jesus Christ, it still works. I know you got some things going on in your life, but guess what? The blood of Jesus Christ still has power to save souls, to change lives, to reclaim backsliders. I'm talking about the power of Jesus Christ and the love that he shared for you and I on the cross. Thank you, Lord, for your love. Thank you, Lord, for loving me. Thank you, Lord, for your love and your demonstration of love. I'm just so grateful for the love of Jesus Christ. Just so grateful. Just so excited about the love of Jesus Christ every time I hear about it. Because it makes me think back when I was young. And all the things that I went to. And all the times I thought that I wasn't loved. And I struggled with being loved. And who would love me and try to do things to, to, to get love. But I now know that I don't have to do anything. That he accept me as I am. That he loved me no matter my faults, my situations, my circumstances. I'm just so glad that I'm loved. Thank you so much, choir, for just blessing us. Just blessing us. Let us pray today. Father God, you are amazing. Thank you so much for being great and being awesome. Just have your way today in the service, Lord God. Some of us come with all for all different reasons. Some of us are here because people have made us come. Some of us are here to come and worship you. Some of us are here to come and, and, and unite with their friends or, or with family, Lord God. Some of us are here to, to just to be here, Lord God. But whatever reason we come for, let our hearts be open to hear you. Let our hearts be receptive, Lord God. And even as I preach your word today, I pray that you use me to glorify you. That somebody's life will be changed. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. With your electronic devices in your hand or your, your Bible, I ask that you turn to chapter 19 of uh, Matthew, chapter 19 of Matthew, which is the first book in the New Testament. The first book in chapter 19. I see everyone is looking well and doing well. Thank you so much for all our visitors who are here Today, thank you so much for coming through at Clinton Baptist Church. I also have a friend of mine, Deacon, I mean, Pastor Dawkins and his wife. We're so grateful for you all coming out and visit us as well. Chapter Matthew chapter 19, we're going to look at one verse, um, verse number 6. Chapter 19, verse number 6, it says, So then they are no longer two, but one, flesh, flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no man separate. Let no man separate. Throughout the month of February, God has led me to 
preach on relationships. We started out at the beginning of the month with um, God's design for marriage. We had a great time with that. And then we also looked at, um, last week, um, Pastor Tucker looked at maximizing your singleness. But one thing I have learned um, in church um, that we as preachers, we, we get people biblically smart, but not practically smart. And what I want to do today is give a practical message on a game plan for overcoming challenges in your marriage. A practical message on a game plan for overcoming challenges in your marriage. I was watching a college game the other day. I, I don't remember what two teams were playing, but it, it sparked my interest when um, the team that was uh, down at halftime and the, the on-court reporter asked the coach, what is your game plan for the second half? And the coach responded that we have to take the, point guard, take the ball out of the point guard hand because the point guard on the other team is, is, is killing them, was killing them. And he said, also, we have to rebound. And I looked at that because that was, that, was, that was really impactful in my message today that, that she would ask the question, what is your game plan? What, what is your game plan to get ahead? What is your, what is your game plan to win? We, we know what the Bible says, but do we have a game plan to win or to help us in the challenges of our marriage? Do, do we have a, a game plan? Do we have a, a layout, a layout of, 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 of how to overcome challenges in our marriage? I can say, I can say as, a, as a young man being married, um, I, I didn't know this. I, I, I didn't have this in my bag of tools. No, no one ever told, told me about or taught me about having a game plan for marriage. I just thought you get married and everything just work out. And I found out real quickly that it, 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 didn't, it don't work like that. I found out that, it, that, that it's hard work, that marriage is hard work, and there's some things that we need to know. We need to have a game plan. We need to have a game plan. Also, as I was looking at the fight last night, they uh, asked, um, they asked uh, Fury, they said, what, what is your game plan to, to, to win? Well, how are you going to beat Wilder? And he said, last time what happened was I stayed away and I just shot the jab at him. But he said, now I'm going to hound him and get close and I'm going to drop bombs on him. And we see that his game plan worked. He, we see that, that, that that game plan worked, but the thing about his game plan is that he had a chance uh, in the first fight to come up with a new game plan. See, in marriage sometimes we don't have that chance. We only, we only have one chance. So what is a practical application? Well, how do we practically apply the word of God to our life that we may have a game plan to overcome challenges? And today I'm going to be transparent before you. Today I'm going to expose myself. I'm going to expose my marriage. Today I'm going to expose my wife. Today I'm exposed my family because we have challenges in our marriage. People think because we pastors and, and first lady that we, everything is good. People think that life is wonderful, that we don't have no arguments on the way to coming to church or on the way leaving the church or we, we don't look side-eye in church. But we all have issues. We all have challenges. So I, I, I want to lay out for us. And as we learned um, in our marriage and going on 21 years of marriage, we have learned, amen, we have learned how to put a game plan together. Now, I'm not saying this game plan will work for all of you, but we at least got to start with a guideline to have a game plan to overcome challenges. So at this time, as, we, uh, as I be transparent, I asked my wife to come up. Baby, can you come up and help me out, please? We asked my wife to come up here, and um, she's going to help us out. 
So don't get afraid. She's not going to preach. Boy, y'all know we, we, she's not going to preach. Don't, don't get scared now. Okay. So uh, what, what I decided to do, we're going to sit here, and what I decided to do today is I want to give you all a testimony of some challenges or a challenge that we faced in our marriage that we overcame. Okay? You want to start first or you want me or you want to sit down with you? Okay, so you want me to go first? Huh? You can. Okay, thank you. Okay. He's such a gentleman. He's such a gentleman. <clears throat> so we had several challenges um, in our marriage. And um, we actually started off a, a little rocky from the beginning. Um, we were young. We got married in our early 20s. Um, we both already had children uh, before we got married. And um, we didn't know about much about relationships and being together and communication and all the things that we have now. And um, um, we also didn't know the Lord when we got married. So um, the odds were always against us when we, when we first got married, but um, God is good. And how many of you know that um, God is always on the underdog side? <laughs> um, so um, we did have a conversation and both of us agreed on what our most difficult challenge was. Okay, so our most difficult challenge we faced um, which almost destroyed our marriage was finances. Um, was finances, and that's a, that's, that's a powerful subject um, even as we looked at yesterday. Um, for me, I was raised um, by my mom, a single mom, and my mom didn't believe in credit cards. My mom would always go to the liquor store and buy um, money orders and send her bills off that way. So that's how I learned how to manage my finances. Where I didn't believe in credit cards, I, I, didn't, if I, don't, I didn't believe if you couldn't pay for it, you don't buy it. Um, and my wife had a different perspective um, on finances. And um, so my wife, she, we were young and she, she, was making, she makes a lot of money and um, she would go out and buy these jeans at the time, well now True Religions, and um, Seventh Mankind, and, all these Jesus is $150, and she'd go out and buy three pairs. And I'd come home, and we fuss. I said, you can't spend like this. This, this, is, this is crazy. And she was like, well, I make money just like you make money, and I can spend my money the way I want. And I was like, no, you, you can't do that because we're going to get old one day. We're going we're gonna to get old, and we have to save for the future because when I get old, I want, I want to live well. I, just, I don't want to work forever. And um, she couldn't see that at the time. She couldn't see that at the time, and we always had arguments, and it was to the point where I was like, I'm done. Like, I'm done. And she was like, well, I've been done. So, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and I was like, well, you know, and it, it really destroyed our marriage. And, um, and, and, and if we look back at it, everything she bought was name brand. She was na it was name brand. It had to have a name on it or a, a high price tag on it. And, and for me, I'm just a simple guy. Anything you see me got name brand, she bought it. You know, I'm a Marshalls guy. I go to Marshalls and I pick through everything and I'm okay with that. Um, and I, you know, that's my thing, you know, so, um, so, he's but. Cheap. He's cheap too, y'all. Just, <laughs> just put it out there. You just, you're cheap. I am not cheap. <laughs> I'm frugal. I'm not cheap. I'm frugal. But um, even my children, they have this saying that uh, uh, they'll be like, well, dad, can you get this? I'll be like, well, how much it cost? They're like, oh, Lord, you're always looking at the price because stuff is a lot of money. And, and, and it was challenging <laughs> growing up. We had four kids at a young age, and we growing up, and, and, and stuff was expensive. But then um, I had to realize, I had to realize, I had to realize some things. Um, 
And, and my wife will now come in yeah, and, and explain there, her part. There was a reason for that. I was, I'm not just uh, materialistic. There was a reason for that. So when I was younger, um, first day of school, I was about in maybe third or fourth grade. And um, the kid, all the kids were excited because you come to school, you have your new school clothes on and everybody have on their new clothes and they're showing off what they have. And um, so a group of kids were looking at each other's shoes and um, they were like, yeah, you got them on, you have the new shoes on, they had, they had Reeboks on. So they came to school with their new white Reeboks on and then they went to the next person. They was like, look at your shoes. Oh yeah, you got on Reeboks too, you got on the Reeboks too. So I was looking at my shoes like, yeah, I got those on too. So um, the young man came over and he looked at my shoes. He was like, you got them on too. And he said, no, those not it. And <laughs> he looked a little closer. He said, those not Reeboks, those are inactions. I'm like, in how are they different? They look exactly the same. No, we have on Reeboks, you have on the inactions. So at that point, I found out that I had the fake stuff on. I didn't have the real <laughs> stuff on. So from there, it bothered me. And that was set for life. I could not have anything. I can't do generic anything. I, I have a problem with that. I can't do anything generic. If it's, gonna look, if it's gonna look like the real thing, it may as well be the real thing. But that started something for me in my financial struggles, trying to always have the real thing because of that one incident that happened as a kid. And as we look at marriage, um, Matthew chapter 19, it, uh, verse um, 6, it, it talks about the first thing we're going to look at in this game plan is that uh, the, the first game plan we're going to look at is you, you must understand the realism of marriage. The realism of marriage. He says right here clearly, he said, then they are no longer two, but they are one. And so what we have here is we had two imperfect people coming together to be one. We got two imperfect people coming together to be one. So what's the realism of marriage in this game plan? Is that we all are going to have challenges. We all in our marriage and our relationship are going to have challenges. But the problem is, is that um, we got to now have a game plan to overcome the challenges. Because when we get married, we think we get married, I'm saying I do to her. But what we actually saying I do to is baggage. We saying I do to insecurity. We're saying I do to selfishness. We're saying I do to lack of commitment. Mm. We're saying I do to passiveness. We're saying I do to lack of ability to lead. We're saying I do to lack of self-control. We're saying I do to laziness. Any lazy husbands and wives? Say, yeah, I was gonna say that's joking, a good that's a good one. We say I do to lack of affection. We said I do to um, unsupportive. And then we say I do to anger issues. And so now we, we, we come together and we get married and we become one in this imperfect situation because all of us are imperfect. And we, we say we, uh, we, we get up there and we say I do to her and she say I do to us. But we think we're saying I do to each other. But actually we're saying we are due to all of this. Mm -hmm. And every one of us come into our marriage with baggage. And the problem is, is that the baggage is always there. It always been there, but guess what? We were blinded by love, and we never seen these things. Or if you seen the red flags, you, you, you uh, turned your back on it because you were so far in love or so lustful. Mm -hmm. 
And now we have these problems, and now we have these challenges. So the realism in marriage, when you come together as one, you're taking two imperfect people with baggage to come together. You are going to have some challenges. Thanks, baby. Let's give my wife a round of applause. So now you have these challenges. You, you have these challenges in your marriage. You have, you have these struggles. And, and, and I know there's a lot of them not even here. Like my wife said, when we got married, I brought children into the marriage that I had before. So now we have a blended family. And we have fathers and mothers outside of our marriage telling us what to do with our children and what to do in our house. Has anybody ever been there where you had a child? And you telling them, look, you can get out my face. If you wanted these kids to raise these kids, you can come get them. Ain't none of them come yet. But this is where we at. We have challenges all the time because you have two imperfect people that's coming together to be one. And we all have baggage. And these bags that we have come from our environment of how we was raised. It comes from, 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 from how we've seen our, our mother react to our father or our father react to our mother or how we've seen our brothers and our sisters react or, or what the world said about marriage. And then we come in with these challenges and these bags and our, and, our, and our minds are warped and we see marriage to be fun and to be great, which it should be, but we got these issues. And Matthew says here that we come together to be one. And but being one, we had these problems. We we had the realism of marriage where we got two imperfect people coming together to be one, and it's impossible. It's impossible unless you have a game plan. So what is what's the first thing in this game plan? The first thing in this game plan is that you must know the realism of marriage, that there are gonna be challenges. But how do we overcome these challenges? How do we overcome these challenges? First thing we see here in Exodus, turn to Exodus chapter 17. You're going to have to turn a little bit. In Exodus chapter 17. In Exodus chapter 17, verse 8. Bear with me. Exodus chapter 17, verse 8, verse, um, 8 through 13. The first thing, the second thing we see in the game plan is that you must have, you, you need to have a good team around. Here's, here's the game plan. You need to have a good team around you. Look at verse number number eight in verse, I mean, chapter 17, verse 8 of uh, Exodus. It says, Now the Amalekites came and fought uh, with Israel and, um, and Rephidim, and then and Moses said to Joshua, Choose us some men and go out and fight. For the Amalekites, tomorrow I will stand on the top. Moses said, I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. So Joshua did as Moses said to him and fought with the Amalekites. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. And so it was when Moses held up his hand that the Israel, that Israel prevailed. And when he let his hand down, the Amalekites prevailed. But Moses' hand became heavy. So they took a stone and put it under him. And he set it on uh, and set him on it. And Aaron and her supported his hand, one on one side and one on the other side, and the other on the other side. And his hand were steady until the going down of the sun. So Joshua defeated the Amalekites, and his people went to the uh, uh, and his people with the edge of the sword. So guess what? If you if you're going to overcome challenges, you got to understand you got to have a good team around you. 
You, you have to have a good team around you. They were fighting against the Amalekites, and the Amalekites was bigger and stronger. So Moses said, what I'm going to do, I'm going to take the rod of God. That's the strength of God and the power of God. I'm going to take it up on a hill, and Joshua, you take some men and go fight the Amalekites. So Joshua went down and fought the Amalekites, and Moses went up with the rod of God, and he held his hand up. And as he held the rod of God up, which stand for victory, Israel was winning. But the problem is, you got to understand when you have challenges, sometimes challenges last longer than you can handle. So what happened, the fight was a battle. The fight was intense, and it lasts all day. So Moses' hand got tired. And Moses said, hey, I can't handle this. So he started to let his hand drop. His hand started to drop. And as he dropped, they started to lose the battle. Because you get tired. In challenges, you get tired. In marriage, you get tired. And when you get tired, you start to lose the battle. Because the devil start winning. The enemy start beating you up. Start telling you, you ain't going to make it in your marriage. This marriage ain't no good. You don't need her. You can do it on your own. You don't need him. You can do it on your own. And now you got a challenge because you tired of all the challenges. And now your hand is too heavy. So Moses' hand start to drop. But thank God he had a team around him. Her and her said, guess what? Moses what we gonna do we gonna make it a little a little comfortable for you Dawkins I'm gonna slide a rock under you I'm gonna slide some comfortable chair under you and I'm gonna sit you down but not only am I gonna sit you down come on up here Deacon Dixon and Deacon Island not only am I gonna sit you down but guess what I know your hands are tied that's why in your relationship you always gotta have a good team around you when you're gonna overcome overcome challenges in your life you need some people in your life that gonna speak life into your marriage speak life into your relationship so now Moses' hand tied and is down. But he said that Ern got on one side and, and her got on the other side. And they said, guess what? Hold my hands up, y'all. Hold my hands up. And guess what? No, this hand. This hand. No, on this side. On this side. On this side. No, stand right here on this side. See, we, got, we ain't working on this, y'all. The team ain't working on my hand up. So guess what? Now I can't fail. Now I can't lose. Although I'm tired. Although I'm weary. I got Deacon Allen and Deacon Dixon on my side. And guess what? They are just standing there. They are praying. They are encouraging me. They saying, keep going, Pastor Pew. You can make it. You can make it through this. Guess what? It's a tough time right now. But God going to see you through. You got to have a team around you to support you and let you know it's going to be okay. Okay, guess what? My arm is still tied, but I got two people around me that's holding me up. And in me and my wife, Merce, we understand that we had to have a team around us. Thank y'all so much. You have to have a team around you. You have to have a good team around you. You need to pick some people that are going to encourage you. You need to pick some people that are going to be on your side. You need to pick some people that you know that they want you to win in your marriage. Too many times we got too many bad teams around us. We got people just hanging around us to get what, we, what they can get out of us. We got too many people hanging around us speaking deaf in our mouth. Girl, you don't need him. Shoot, that, that dude at the coffee shop, he like you. You know, you, he look a little better anyway. Man, go ahead and leave her. Man, I left my wife. Shoot, man, I ain't got to, I'm living the best life. I didn't left her. Now I ain't got nothing. You know, I got all the women. No, you need a team around you to encourage you, to help you when you get weak. Because sometimes marriage gets you weak. That was only a sample of me, what me and my wife go through. We try to throw in a towel all the time. We trying to throw in a towel. But people around us say, you got to make it because God has 
place you here to be an example to people outside the church and inside the church in your marriage that people may know that guess what in the realism of marriage we're going to have some trouble we're going to have some baggage but you can make it it says in this overcoming challenges in this game plan we we need to have a good team around us. You need to have a good team around you. My wife and I, we, we, we observed some, I mean, some people for a year. And she gave me a list and she said, I think these people will be influential in our marriage. She said, what do you think about these people? I've been watching them. I've been watching them in church. I've been watching them outside of church. We're looking at well, uh, how long they've been married. How long they been married? We're looking at how he treat him. And we ain't looking at how he do it in church. We're looking at other stuff. We're looking, we looking at other things that, that, that count, that, that matter. You know, we're looking at their demeanor away from each other. And we, we selected these people to be our team. And we let them know. We had a meet when we said, hey, we chose you to be in our team because we need you. We, we need your support. We need you to, to help us in our marriage. And, and, and thank God we have a team around us. And, and not only is it all people who are old, I mean, I mean older in marriage, but we have some people that, that are our age. That I, I call and say, man, look, this joint ain't right. You know, and, and you know, because some of the older marriages, they, 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 they do things a little different than we do. You know, we got, we got one, one, one of our older couples, I'm not going to say their name, but, but, you know, he sits at the dinner table and she bring the plate and he got his fault right there. He sit there and she get the plate. You're like, My wife ain't doing all that. <laughs> I say, baby, if they're going to be on our team, we need to accept everything they do. <laughs> no, I'm joking. So, but you, you see what I'm saying? So, you know, we, you got to have a team around you. Do you have a team? In your game plan, do, do you have a team? In your singleness, do you have a team? For the single folks, do you have a team around you to hold you accountable? Do you have a team around you? Young children, do you have a team around you in school that say, hey, don't skip class today. Go, go to class and, 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 and do your work. Do you have a team around you? Look at your team and see who you have around. So if we're going to overcome challenges in our marriage or in our relationship, we got to have a good team. We first got to understand that, that, that the realism of marriage, there are going to be some challenges. Second thing, we got to have a good team. The third thing that we see here, and it's overcoming challenges in your marriage, is that we got to go get help for our marriage. We, we got to go get help for our marriage. Look at Proverbs chapter 11, verse 14. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 14, look what it says. It says, where there is no counsel, the people fall. But in a multitude of counselors, they are safe. He says, look, in your, in, in, if you're going to overcome the challenges in your marriage, you got to understand that you have to go get help for your marriage. We, we, we walk around here like we got this thing all together. And we, our marriage our mess is messed up. Yeah, we know how to put on the nice clothes. Yes, we know how to put on the makeup. Yes, we know how to put all the long hair in and make sure people think that we look good on the outside. But when we get home, it's not home. 
When we get home, we're not even sleeping in the same bed. When we get home, we're not even speaking. When we get home, we're not even cooking for each other. We can't even stand each other when we get home. And we walk around and act like that's okay. But if we're going to have a game plan, you got to know that you need to go get help. It's sad, it's sad to me that people don't want to go get help for their marriage. You have to go get help. Me and my, my wife and I, we go to every workshop and marriage counseling we can find. Even if we got to pay for it. We going to them because guess what? Although we've been married 21, going on 21 years, we need help. We need help. You have to go get help. The Bible says that if you don't get counseling, your marriage going to fail. If you think you can handle this all on your own, that your marriage is going to fail. But, but the one that's going to succeed is the one to go get help. The one that, that need help and understand that I, I got to go get help. You have to go get help for your marriage. I can't, I can't express that enough, but you have to go get help. We are not capable to help our own marriage. If we were capable to help our own marriage, our marriage would be good. We need to go get help to help us in our marriage. So now what are we looking for in help? Because I know a lot of men say, man, I ain't going to no counseling. I ain't going to get no help. I, I, I can make this. Pastor Reed, I can make this. I'm good. You know, I've been married 35 years. I got this. I, I know what I need to do. And, and what happens is that we, 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 we won't go get help, and our marriage is slowly decaying. Our marriage is slowly breaking down. I, I, I read a, a story uh, a while ago of a couple that was married for 30 years. For 30 years, grew old together, and decided once the children left, to get a divorce. To get a divorce. And I'm looking at that now, and I'm reading through it because I'm trying to figure out why after 30 years would you go get a divorce? Why, why would you spend all that time together and go get a divorce? That's a waste of time to me. Why would you do all that? And you know what they asked? The, the, interview, the, the person who was interviewing asked them the question, why wait after 30 years to go get a divorce? And they said, we was busy Maintaining our marriage and not working on our marriage. They, they, they bought houses together. They bought cars together. They put four kids through college. They watched their kids buy cars and buy houses, and they never worked on themselves. And too many of us are in marriages and don't even work on ourselves. We don't have date night. We don't hang out. Every first Friday, the church knows. I, I, my Deacon Allen, and it shocked me because he texted me. He said, yeah, I ain't going to bother you because it's date night. And that, that, that made me laugh. Because every first ride is date night. Everything is cut off. Jackson, don't ask me nothing. Don't even call mommy. Don't call her. He said, what if some emergency happened? Will you figure it out? That's what you got to do. Because that's me and her time. And you have to, if you got a game plan to overcome challenges in your life, not only do you need, uh, you got to understand the realist of marriage uh, uh, that you're going to have challenges, not only if you, you got to understand that you need a good team around you, but you got to go get help. You got to go get help, people. There's so many people out here that, that have marriage uh, uh, experience in counseling that can help us get better. And, and I recommend that you find someone you don't know, by the way. Because if you find someone you do know, the, the, the other party, your spouse going to walk out like, yeah, they taking your side. When they, when they wrong, they're going to say, yeah, they taking your side. I don't like them. I don't want to go to them. No, no, we don't even know them. And remember, 
that we have to go get help for our marriage. It says that those who get counsel in marriage will succeed, but those who don't will fail. That's what the word of God says. This is, this is practical. This is practical. How do I live this marriage out? The next thing we see, the fourth thing we see, and again, this is a workshop, and I got to bring this workshop to you because you all don't come to workshops. So I got to bring it on Sunday morning. So I'm bringing this workshop to you Sunday morning. So here you go. Here's, here's, here's the fourth thing, final thing I, I'm, I'm done with. He says that if, if we, understanding our game plan, having a game plan to overcome challenges in your marriage, not only do you have to understand that, that the realness of marriage, that there are going to be challenges. The second thing is that we have to have a good team around us. The third thing is we have to go get help. But the fourth thing I want you to see, and there's a lot of other things, but this, this, is, me and my, this is my wife and I game plan. This is our game plan. This is, this is the, the skeleton of our game plan. We have other pieces added in, but this is the skeleton of overcoming challenges. The last thing we're going to look at is we got to remember that you all are on the same team. You got to remember in marriage, you, you all are on the same team. Look at this. It says in Matthew, we're going back to Matthew, Matthew chapter 19. Matthew chapter 19, verse 6, it says, look, it says that we all, all are on the same team. It says that so then they are no longer one, I mean two, but they are one. He said that you got to understand in this marriage thing, you are on the same team. It's not no more I. It's not no more her or, or me. We, we, we're not separated. We used to, be, uh, uh, we used to uh, come in single, but now we're together as one. Guess what? I know the world don't see you on the same team, but God said you are one, whether you like it or not. God said that you are one, that you all are on the same team. So guess what? You can't beat him in argument, and he shouldn't be trying to beat you in argument because how can a team go against each other? They will never get the victory. How can you, how can you say, oh, I'm trying to win this argument, and now you arguing to win instead of arguing to make a solution out that you all can grow in your marriage? He says that you got to understand that you're on the same team. You all are seen in God's eyes as one. Maybe not by the government because you can file joint or you can file separate. But in God's eyes, ain't no filing separately. God says once you say I do and you accept the covenant that God has placed you in this union of marriage, you are seen as as one. So you got to understand and we got to understand that we're one. Too many times me and my wife arguing, I'm trying to win. I'm trying to win an argument. And you know when you're trying to win, you'll you, you, you throw everything out. You'll go in your bags. You'll talk about her mama and her daddy and everybody. Trying to win. I, I mean, uh, anybody ever been there? I, I'm just trying to be transparent. We, we, we talk about everybody, old stuff, everything, just trying to win. But God says it ain't about winning. It's about winning as one, not as two. There's no individual thing. And we are here together as one team. My son joined the military in the reserve, in the army, and he went away to boot camp. And he said, we, get, we went down to see him graduate, and he said, man, I said, what was hard about it? He said, man, some people just lazy, dad. Says we, we have to be outside on time and have to be ready and dressed. 
and information. He said, if we ain't in formation, we get smoked. So I said, what is smoke? I mean, we doing push-ups forever. <laughs> and he said, that was the hardest part. And he said, I'm walking around mad at people because I know the same lazy ones that's causing me to go through this pain, causing me to get smoked. And I'm, I'm looking at them like, hey, I ain't, that ain't me. Let them get smoked. But what he learned is that we are a team. We looked at as one. So if one do wrong, all do wrong. And God says in here that a house that is divided cannot stand. So you got to understand that you are on the same team. It's not trying to win. It's trying to get better in your marriage because God says if the house is divided, you will not stand. And the reason why we have a high divorce rate because too many houses are divided. Too many houses are trying to win. Too many houses are not trying to make it in a marriage, not trying to stand in a marriage, not trying to make this marriage great. And I ain't still that from Donald Trump. That's the Bible. Make your marriage an example to the people. You got to understand that they will be challenges, but God looks at you as one team. You are on the same team. You're not fighting against your opponent. You're fighting against your husband, your wife. And God says that a house that the, is divided cannot stand. And there's no way you're going to make it if you continue to try to win on your own. Amen? Amen? That's all I got. A practical way and a game plan for your marriage. 